resurrection morning. Jesus has been dead for a couple of days. And the Sabbath has passed. The ladies now have a chance to come and anoint the body with spices and ointment. And the spices and ointment was more for their sake, uh, for a little later. And I'll get into that as the, the, the burial of loved ones was a two-part piece. And we kind of forget about the second part. We always focus on the, the initial burial but we forget about the collection of the bones because these tombs were really just for the decomposing of the body. And they, they get up early that morning, as we just read, asking questions. They're concerned for what they're going to see. Who will they see? Will the guards still be there? What's going to be said? This visit to the tomb wasn't to see if Jesus had said what he had said would happen. This visit, as I said, was about the the preparation of the body to help the body decompose, to be wrapped up, to have its resting place. And so the, the body would get wrapped up with these, the linens and the spices and the, uh, the ointment and all that. And, <coughs> excuse me, that was to, to stop the body from smelling as bad later. After a body has decomposed and the, the flesh is gone, there's not a whole lot there. And yet the room will smell of that body. So they plan on going in to wrap this body. It's dead. They saw Jesus crucified. Before he was taken off the cross, they saw the spear go into his side. He was dead. If Jesus had not been raised, then sooner or later someone would have had to go and collect his bones and fold them in a particular way to put into a bone box, which is where they stored the, the bones, the graveyard as such. Three days is not enough for a body to, to decompose, for the bones to be collected. Three days is not enough for the body to even start its proper decomposition. Three days is just where it's starting to smell a little bit. Three days is too soon to try he is risen. Because if you collect the bones and then say, he's not here. You have reason to say, he's gone, he's risen. Three days is not enough for that. And not even Jesus' followers, the disciples, the ones who heard him say, I will raise again, believed or even understood what he meant. (coughs) The disciples, when the ladies came to them, 
we know did not believe because John and Peter ran to the tomb to see for themselves. If they believed, they'd have said, yeah, we know. But they needed proof. They needed to see. They wanted to know. They had to see for themselves. There's a story in uh, Luke chapter 24 that I encourage you to read or reread. It's about two men traveling the seven-mile walk from Jerusalem to Emmaus. It starts by saying, Now that same day, the day of resurrection, this Sunday, two of them were going, into a, going to a village called Emmaus. And it says, They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. That's an interesting line there. They were kept from recognizing him. Jesus walked to Emmaus, discussing all that had happened with them. He even speaks with authority from Scripture, it says. And when they get to Emmaus, the men say, Hey, why don't you eat with us? Why don't you join us for dinner? Stay the night and then you can carry on with your, your trip. So Jesus goes in. And it says, When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he disappeared. My eyes are open. I finally got it. And it's gone. It's kind of like a paycheck, right? Um, I finally got it and the bills come in. Um, but they see him and he vanishes. This resurrected body is not like the original. It's kind of a Jesus 2.0. We'll go into a little more detail with that. But the text carries on, and it says that the apostles in Jerusalem, seven miles away, were meeting in a room. Judas was not there at this point. Not Judas. He certainly wasn't there. But Thomas wasn't there at this point. And Jesus appears to them in this locked room. Jesus was just in Emmaus, and he disappears and arrives into a room where the apostles are. As I said, this is Jesus 2.0. He's able to go through walls and whatever else. I, I, I cannot explain this. This is a God thing. But scripture is very evident. Scripture is very clear. Thomas is not there. <laughs> Thomas, well, let's go to John. We'll read from John uh, chapter 20. Now, Thomas, also known as Didymus, which I, it means twin, but I think it means late, because he did show up, but Jesus had already disappeared at this point. Um, one of the twelve was not with the other disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. 
the apostles needed to see to believe. Peter and John ran to the tomb to believe. Thomas is not the only one doubting here. A week later, so this is the Sunday, a week after the resurrection, okay? (laughs) A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. He got there on time this time. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my, uh, see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and have yet believed. He is talking to us. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book, the book of John. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, that by believing you may have life in his name. The doors were locked. And Jesus appeared. Will you pray with me? Father God, we thank you for allowing us to meet here in this safety. We thank you for this congregation who has gathered together to sing praises to you, who have come to build one another up, who have come to give back a portion of what you've blessed us with, who have come to hear you speak through me today. Father, This is our prayer that you speak through me. Let your words be heard. And let anyone who may have questions, doubts, fears, or even hard hearts be moved by you today. By your presence in this place. May we not have the physical, we may not have the physical evidence today that the the disciples had then. But we know your presence is here. We have faith. We have hope. We have this narrative pointing, to, pointing us to who you are and all that you're going to keep doing through your son, Jesus, and f- through his church. Father, open our hearts and open our minds at this time. Fill this place with your Holy Spirit. And let us look forward to the day we get to see you and hear you say, well done, my good and faithful servant. These things we pray in the, in the name of Jesus. Amen. <clears throat> so I'm sure you've heard it asked before. How many Christians does it take to change a light bulb? Change? We can't change. And the truth is, many of us don't like change. I don't know if it's out of fear I don't know if it's the unknown, uh, if it's considered sinful, because we're doing what we're doing, and so anything else must be wrong, right? Um, Maybe it's progressive. Who knows? Romans 12.2 speaks into that, and we'll touch on that verse in a little bit. Um, But whether we like change or not, 
Change happens. You are not who you used to be. You do not look like you were first born. Thank the Lord. But we change. Some things are subtle. Some things are a little more evident. Um, Businesses, they change things. Pepsi cans, they've changed over the years. They do not look like that anymore. (coughs) And I think even this current one is out of date now. Merchandise changes so it can be more appealing, more interesting. Oh, we need to get more sales. And we, it changes so that they are up to date. Can anyone tell me who this one is? Mario. Does he look like that anymore? No. He looks like this. Things change. You can tell that's Mario. But you can really tell in the second picture, right? Computer graphics change, um, characteristics change. He even has a mustache. Uh, uh, he, he's always had a mustache. He's even wearing gloves now. Um, his hands got colder as he got older. Um, a change that affects all of us, or has affected <coughs> all of us, uh, at least us older ones, is the telephone. Imagine going back 100, 150 years, forget that. Imagine going back 30 years ago and imagining what sort of a computer you can have in your pocket. This technology has changed so much. This has more power and more memory than my brother's first computer like 20 or 30 times the amount of power and memory. It's amazing. Technology has changed, and we're afraid of change, yet how many of you rely on your phones now? How many of you would rely on the wooden one? Finally, God allows change in nature. This is the easy go-to. The caterpillar, the hungry little caterpillar, that eats all this stuff, and maybe that's just a book. Um, but he, he eats a whole lot, right? And, or she, can change into a beautiful butterfly. And change happens all around us, whether we want to admit it or not, whether we're comfortable with it or not. People grow, habits form, taste buds adjust, We as individuals transform, and we don't always see it. You may look back in the mirror and say, who is that? Because we are changing, even if we don't want to. I can't even put my shoes on without having to sit down and bend over and still lose my breath over doing it. We are not who we used to be. I want us to spend just a few minutes looking at what the resurrection of Jesus does. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, what it does for us and the hope that we live in. This resurrected and born again, new and improved body is not what it used to be. 
this, this body that was tempted by the devil, as Jesus started his ministry, is not the same as the resurrected body. And this is where my notes messed up, because all my notes got squeezed into one picture. So hopefully I can get this. The body of hope is transformed by the death, burial, and resurrection. This might make some of us a little uncomfortable, but when we read through Scripture, the resurrected Jesus, we quickly learn that the resurrected physical Jesus has been transformed. It uses up the matter of the crucified body, hence the empty tomb, but equally it comes and goes through locked doors. It is not always recognized, and in the end it disappears into God's space. It ascended into heaven. And this idea of God's space was there was human space, then there was this little curtain, and then there was God's space. That was the Jewish thinking. No one had been able to go through that curtain and leave human space and go into God's space. This new body was able to do that. The body of hope appears in times of need and when least expected. None of the disciples expected the body of Jesus to appear in that room. None of the apostles expected the body to be gone from the tomb. The men traveling to Emmaus, the apostles, Thomas, or even much later in a different form, Paul, did not expect Jesus to be present. Paul was on his way to persecute the group known as the Way. And Jesus appeared to him Maybe not in this fleshly version, but still spoke to him and appeared to him. There's something different about this body. And it appears when we need it and when we least expect it. The body of hope will act according to the desire of God. Jesus was seen by many before his ascension. Scripture tells us Jesus performed many other signs... Um, Yeah, many other signs in the presence of his disciples which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that you may believe that Jesus, uh, and that by believing you may have life in his name. We may not fully understand how God is working in our lives, but we know for sure that he is. We know that he is working. And he will act according to the desire of God. And finally, the body of hope has been passed on and given into our hands. Now this may not be what you're thinking. The, the body that has ascended is still there and we're still waiting for that, ascension, that descension and we're waiting for the light trumpets, the, the end of times, whatever that may look like. And that's a whole other sermon. I'm not going to go into that. But the body of Christ is us. We are now the body of Christ. We do not look like Jesus physically, but we should be seen 
as Jesus in all that we do and in all that we say. When people look at you, they should see Christ in you. We are the body of hope. And that puts us back up to the first three points. Because we no longer physically look like the body of Jesus. We have been transformed and we no longer look like him. We, we appear to those in need when they need and when they least expect us to be there. When people are going through health issues, we provide meals. When a baby is born, we, we comfort and we're, we're there and we're supporting. That is the body of hope. And as part of the body of hope, we're to desire God's will for us. Doing what he says. Doing what he commands. And so the body does not look like, and it doesn't sound like, and it doesn't react like Jesus born as the baby and growing up. It has, it has changed. We may not be able to physically go through walls. How cool would that be, though? Um, <coughs> but we can still be there for the people in need. We can still be the body of hope. And so, the body of hope is in this room. We are the body. We bring hope. Didn't want to fall down that step, sorry. And I invite all of you, I invite anyone that has not put Christ on in baptism today to consider it. To become a part of this body of hope where Jesus will transform you into a new creation. I invite everyone else who already is a part of God's church, those who have put Christ on in baptism, those who, I mentioned Romans 12 too, who have been transformed by the renewing of your mind. Take a look in the mirror. Have a look. Do you see Christ when looking back at you? Or do you see you? Have you started to look like him? Have you started to sound like him? When people see you, do they see Jesus? We no longer need to fear. We have no reason to doubt. We can claim, you are my Lord and my God, because he is risen. Let's stand and sing.